Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Heaven, we are thankful and grateful this evening. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your love and kindness. We pray, Lord, that you give us of your spirit to teach us. We pray, Father, whatever proceed out of our mouth, Lord, let it be guided by your spirit. Be with my mouth, Lord, and speak to us in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Clap your hands together and you may be seated. What is happening? I think it was okay, so give it back. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, I want to continue with a message that I was sharing with you last week. I think I began sharing with you about two weeks ago about the call. Do you remember the call? And uh, I'm sharing with you from the book, Many Are Called. Many Are Called. And uh, we have learned a lot of things about the call. How many of you have learned something about the call? We learned few characteristics about the core and um, today we want to continue to talk about the core. Now the characteristics we learned, we said that one, many are called. Many people are called. Many are called to do the work of God. Are we working on this? It looks like um, you've taken away the quality. Many are called. Number two, what did we say? The call is to be fruitful, or is a call of fruitfulness. The call is to be fruitful. Hallelujah. You are called to be fruitful. Did you realize last week that we shared a lot about fruitfulness, that you are called to be fruitful, to have your own fruits? Jesus expects that you will have your own fruits. Number three, what did we say? We are not called in the same way. We are not called in the same way. It's not possible that we are all called the same way. We are not called in the same way. Number four. There are people who are called in an ordinary way. Some people are called in an ordinary way. Hallelujah. And number five. I didn't give you number five, but quickly before we move on to our next thing, number five, so that we complete it, some people are called through their desires. Some people are called through their desires. 
Hallelujah. Some people are called through their desires. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. The Bible says, if this, it says, this is a true saying. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Hallelujah. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desired a good work. And the Bible says, this is a faithful saying. That means it is a nice thing to accept. It is a nice principle to adapt. That if you have a desire for the office of a bishop. Now, the office of a bishop, a bishop is someone who oversees churches. Do you understand? You cannot rise up one day and just become a bishop. Do you understand? You don't, you, you, cannot, you cannot be selected to just oversee churches. First, you may have one church that you oversee. Do you understand? And then you have two churches. Then you have three churches. So a bishop oversees more than one church. Amen. At least seven, 70 churches. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So if you have a desire, you see, you move from a bishop to, you move from a pastor before you become a bishop, isn't that so? It's like a young girl, you move from a, a young girl and you become a woman and you become a grandmother and you become a wife and all kinds of things. But it's the same woman, isn't that so? Yes. So if you, if you have a desire to be, if you have a desire to be a wife, it does not change the fact that you are a girl or you are a female. Do you understand? So if you have a desire for the work of God, the Bible says it is a good thing. Amen. It is a good thing. And don't take your desires for granted. Hallelujah. Anyone who has a desire to be a pastor is called. If you have a desire to be a pastor, Sarita, you are called. You have a desire to be a minister, you are called. And it's a good thing. So it's faithful and it's worthy of acceptation. It is worthy to accept this also and include it in the doctrine of the church. That if someone has a desire, that person has desired a good work. And I mean, if you have a desire for a good work, should we throw you away? No. It means we should include you. We should include you. We should help you with that desire. So don't take your desires for granted. Hallelujah. Yes, you have not felt anything. You have not experienced any unusual feeling. You have not seen a certain light. Do you understand? You have not had any dream. Amen. You have not had any feeling in your stomach or in your heart. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? But you have a desire. Just a desire. You are working with just a desire. As for you, only thing you have is a desire. You say, I have come. And all I have is I have a desire to be a pastor. You are also called. Amen. Hallelujah. You are also called. Some of you have such strong desire for the work of God. Some of you have such a strong desire to do work in the church. You know, there are some of you, when there's no church, you feel irritated. Amen. Some of you, you like to do work in a church. You want to work in a church. You want to be given something to do in a church. That is a desire for the work of God. And you are called. 
also. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't belittle such desires. Do not belittle your desires to do the work of God. Amen. Amen. Tonight, I want to move on to share some few things about the call. I want to talk about the characteristics of called people. The characteristics of people who are called. Is it a good thing? Yes. If you were applying for a job, you are applying for a job, or if you are being asked to do a certain job, a particular job, I think you would like to know if you qualify. You would like to know if you, you qualify to do that kind of work. Isn't that so? Yes. And I think one of the things that you not want to happen is to get a job that you realize you don't qualify for it at all. And you are irritated at a job. Do you understand? You wouldn't want to go for an interview for, say, an accounting position or a nursing job. You want to go and interview for a nursing job, and you don't have a nursing degree. Do you understand? You don't qualify to be a nurse, or you don't qualify to be an accountant. Do you understand? Even if your uncle is the one that is doing the hiring, you don't want to take a job like that. Even your aunt is a... The, the manager at the HR, you don't want to go for a job like that. I remember there was a guy who, uh, <laughs> who was searching for a job. Searched for a job for a long time. He couldn't get a job. And then he saw an, an, an advertisement. And it was a job for a forklift driver. Do you know what is a forklift? Yes. You don't know what is a forklift? A forklift, have you been to one of these wholesale stores like Costco or BJ's, and you've seen these people, they put things in their in the walkway not to come because they are loading the things, and they have a, a truck that picks up the things, and then they'll bring the thing, and then they'll shelf them. They'll put them in the higher shelves. Have you seen that before? So that's the kind of job that was being advertised, and the guy applied for the job. And the job specifically said that they want experienced forklift driver. So he put it in there. And then he went on a job. And then they asked him, have you done? He said, oh, I'm good. I'm okay with it. So he knows he can drive. So he says, driving be driving. You know, any type of driving is driving. So he took the job. And then they asked him, well, we have this pile of supply that we have received. We want all of them here. He says, no problem. <laughs> so he started. He took the forklift. He put it under the thing. And the whole thing came over him. <laughs> you know, he lifted the thing and the whole thing came over him. Out of frustration. You see, he needed a job desperately. Out of frustration. Amen. So if God is saying he has called you and ordained you, you might want to know the kind of people God calls. You would like to know the kind of people God calls before you even exclude yourself. Before you say, no, Reverend, let's be serious. You know, we talk about calling, calling, not me. This is, you see, before you exclude yourself, you want to know the kinds of people that God uses, the kinds of people that God calls so that you can, you know, there are certain things that when you see someone, you say, oh, if this guy can do it, I can do it. It gives you some form of encouragement. And it gives you hope. Isn't that so? Yeah. There are some of the people that you know, you see them doing certain things. 
you know, you see someone has gone to this school and has now become this. It gives you, ah, I can do this. Even this guy, when we were in school, I used to beat him. I was better than him. And if he has become a pharmacist, I think I can do it. And it gives you encouragement like that. Isn't that so? Yes. So it gives you hope. And it gives you encouragement to know that there are other people who qualify to do the job just like you. Hallelujah. So as we are sharing that many are called, I believe some of you constantly exclude yourselves. You eliminate yourself because you know yourself. Do you understand? You know yourself and you don't think that you are the kind that God will call. Some of you, you have never even joined the church at evangelism before. You have never joined the church at evangelism even to come and say you'll be the one that will count the tracks for the people to take. You don't even come. Or even to come and give tracks. You have not even done that. And you eliminate yourself constantly from such meetings. But let's look at some of the characteristics of the people that God chooses. Let's look at some of the people that God will choose for this type of work. Number one, God calls failures. God calls people who have failed. Hallelujah. Failures. People who have failed at other things in life. People who were not successful in other things in life. God calls such people. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 11. He says, and Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? He said, who am I? Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? And that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. He said, who am I? Amen. So Moses considered himself a failure. Moses did not consider himself as a kind that God would choose. He couldn't believe that God would choose someone like him. Amen. First of all, Moses was a fugitive. Do you understand? He had killed someone and he had run away. And he was on the run when God met him. So it was a time that was not fine for him. It was a time that he didn't feel that... It, 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 he thought it was a joke. He said, who am I if you choose anyone... Among the camp of Israel, it's not me. So sometimes you realize that, you know, you are there and some important person is maybe you are, you are the cleaner at a job. You are the cleaner at a job. And then the CEO with all big people, they are standing in a, in a place and you are just cleaning. And then the, the, the CEO waves at you and says, come. And then you look back. You see, you don't think you are the one they are calling. You understand what I'm sharing with you? So I believe when Moses, God called him, he, was, he said, who am I? Are you serious? Amen. Amen. You see, some of you, you know yourself. You know who you are. If your classmates, some of your classmates were to come to the church and see you singing in the church, in the choir, standing in front of the church and singing. <laughs> Even when you, you see them, your voice will change. When you see your classmates, some certain people that you know, 
when you see them in a church, your voice will change. You begin to think, what is he thinking? You know, you begin to ask in yourself, I don't know what is going on in his mind. Your voice, will, you will lose the worst. Some of the women, if some young men were to come here in a church to see you the way you are now doing things for God, you, you will hide. You will hide. Amen. But you see, your past social history, your past social history is only relevant to doctors. It's not relevant to God. It is only doctors who ask you about your past social history and based on that and decide how they are going to treat you. They are the one that asks you, have you smoked before? Are you sexually active? How many men do you sleep with? How many women do you sleep with? And do you drink? Have you done this before? They want to know everything you have done in your past so they can conclude that this is the kind of person you are and this is a possible disease that you can have. Only doctors. God is not interested in your past social history. Hallelujah. He's not interested in your past social history. Amen. Does somebody understand what I'm sharing? Yes. He's not interested in that. When God calls you, he knows what he's getting. Amen. He knows who he's calling. If God calls you, he knows who he's going to do the job. And he knows who he's calling. And he knows, he knows the kind of person you are. And he knows the kind of work he's calling you to. And he knows your ability. And so when he's calling you, he knows exactly who is going to do the job. But he's calling you. Amen. So let's look at the next verse in this Exodus scripture. What God said. Verse 12. He said, and he said, you know, let's read verse 11 again. This is what Moses said. This is when God called Moses. And Moses said unto God, who am I? that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. Who am I? And then verse 12, God said, he said and he said, certainly I will be with thee. You know, he said, certainly I will be with thee. It's like, what were you thinking? That I will send you the way you are? You? He says, of course I will be with you. I cannot send you. This kind of job, I can't send you like that. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? He says, certainly I will be with you. Certainly. I, and so God knows who he's calling. And God knows your ability. God knows what you can do. But he needs you. Do you understand? He needs you. He needs you. You see, if God were to come here right now, all of you run away. God cannot preach to you. You will run away. Do you understand? Even just when Moses had been with him for a while and Moses came, the people, they could not. Do you understand? The glory, you can't. So God needs people. God needs people. And the work is a lot. Do you understand? The work is a lot. And God is not waiting for people to be perfected. Perfect like him before he sends them. So he'll give all kinds of people a measure. Some measure in grace. Do you understand? And he knows who is going to do the job. He just wants you to go. So he says, certainly. He says, certainly, I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. That I have sent thee. Certainly, I will be with thee. 
When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, he shall serve God upon this mountain. He says, certainly I will be with thee. So Moses is going, but God knows that it's not Moses who is going to do the work. That is why God was confident in calling Moses. Tonight, God is telling you that if you respond, certainly he will be with you. He will be with you. If you are going to witness to someone, he will be with you. Amen. Amen. If you are going to speak to someone, he will certainly be with you. So you may wonder, ah, but if God is with me, how come that when I witness to this person, this person didn't give his life or her life to Christ? Yes, God said to Moses, certainly I will be with you. And when God went, I mean, when, when Moses went to speak with Pharaoh, Pharaoh did not listen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Pharaoh did not listen. But God was with him. God was with Moses. So the fact that you go and witness to someone and the person does not, or the person, you know, waves or, I mean, snaps you or insults you. Some people are, the other, there's someone who was very angry that even you are coming to tell him about something like that. You know, sometimes it's, it's like dangerous. <laughs> but God is with you. Amen. Sometimes you are shaking a little bit, you see, and you feel that, ah, if God is with me, how can I be like, but God is with you. He told Moses, he said, certainly, certainly. It is for certain. It is a, a sure thing. That as you are going, God is with you. You may not feel that God is with you, but he is with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't that assuring? Yes. You know, there's a very nice scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5.24. 1 Thessalonians 5.24. It says, Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Faithful is the one who is calling you. Who also will do it. So the one who is calling you, he's the one who is going to do it. Isn't that amazing? That is so assuring. He says, faithful is he who, and so he said that certainly he will be with you. He's faithful to be with you. And he will do the work. He will do it. He is the one that is sending you, but he is the one that is going to do it. Tamir. So, have confidence that when you are going to witness to someone, the person may receive you or may not receive you. If he doesn't receive you, it is the one who sent you who has been refused. Do you understand? He says, Jesus said, if, the, if they refused me, they have refused the one who sent me. Do you understand? So, if you are going and you are talking to someone about Jesus Christ and they say, I don't like to hear these things, they are telling God himself that I don't like to hear and God will tell, do you remember I was trying to say, the day that they are going to hell, God will remind them. But God is not happy that you are not going to tell anyone. Do you understand? Because God wants to give us our free will. If God was to come here and all of you who have been here for many years or whatever, and you are not born again and you are still around, you'll be born again today. If God was to stand here today, you'll be afraid you'll be born again. But God does not want you to come to him out of fear. Like that. Do you understand? Yeah. So he says, faithful is he that calleth you, who will also do it. He also will do it. The one who has called you, he will do it. He is faithful. He will do it. Amen. Amen. You see, this is the reason why 
your failures and your credentials do not matter. They don't matter to God. Your failure does not matter to God because he is the one who will do the work. Amen. This is one of the reasons why when I stand here and I'm preaching and maybe an old classmate walks in here, I'm not going to be intimidated or feel because faithful is he who has called me. Who will do it also. He will also do it. Do you understand? He will also do it. Amen. Last Sunday, one of my classmates was here, you know, for I'm preaching. He's amazed. I'm preaching to him. I'm preaching. And afterwards, I will witness to you. And I want to make sure that your walk with God is straight. Do you understand? You see, that is why, you see, to even give you that confidence. You see, you are not perfect. You are not righteous enough. But to give you that perfect, that confidence, he says, once you give your life to him, the old things, he has cleaned them. He has wiped them away. Don't, don't worry about those things. Be confident that you are a brand new person. Irrespective of what men are looking at and what they remember and what they see. Amen. Amen. See, I want you to understand that this call is a call of God. It is a call that is from God. It's not from man. It is a call of God. It's God the one who is calling you. And the Bible says, faithful is he that calleth. The one who is calling you, he's faithful. Who will also do it. Hallelujah. He will do it. Amen. If you don't understand it, you see, then you will think that this is, you see, if what is a man that was hiring, if a man was the one that has called you and is hiring you, you know, he wants to see all kinds of background, resume, with good track record, you know, that you have done this before, oh, you have done this before, you have done that before, you know, and list all of them. You see, that is what man wants to see. That is what man wants to see, that you, 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 you have a good track record. And even they, sometimes they ask you about your weaknesses. They say, what, the, what are some of your weaknesses? They want to know so they can eliminate you. But you see, the call of God, your weaknesses do not eliminate you from God using you. It is man that eliminates you because you have some weaknesses. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If you go and then you, are, you put on your resume or at the interview, tell them that, oh, you know, my previous job, they ask you, why did you lose, how, why did you end, I mean, this job? Why did you leave this job? You say, you know, I stole something. You know, at my previous job, I stole something and they were not happy, so they fired me. But, but I have repented. <laughs> you see, I have repented and God has forgiven <laughs> Blood has washed me and I'm pure and I'm clean. So, do you think they will hire you? No, they will not hire you. <laughs> they will not hire you that I have repented. You know, I used to, I used to steal at a job. You know, I, and then I've repented, so I'm, not, I'm no longer like that. <laughs> I'm no longer like that. It's man. And that makes you even forced to lie. That the job that they fired you, you don't even want to put it on your resume. 
True or not true? Hallelujah. So the qualifications are not the same. The qualifications are not the same. As man will look for to choose you versus as God will look for to choose you. You see, no one would have chosen the Apostle Paul to be a disciple or an apostle for Jesus Christ. No man, no man would have chosen him. No Christian at that time would have chosen him. No Christian would have included him in the ministry. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? They wouldn't. Even the ones that God has revealed something to in a vision and in dreams, hey God, you, you seem to not know who you're talking about. They are bringing certain things to God's attention that perhaps you have not noticed the person you are you are talking about. You have mistaken him for someone else. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So, in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 1, listen to what Paul said. He said, Paul, an apostle. Paul. Now, this is because he has to clarify this. Because the way the people were looking at him, you know, and the way when he's preaching, the people are looking and looking at each other. So he comes with an introduction. So before, let's clear the matter before I start to preach. So Galatians 1.1, 1, 1, he says, Paul, an apostle, not of man, neither by man, not of man. I was not chosen of man, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God, the Father, who raised him from the dead. This is his introduction. Because, you see, he, the, no man would have chosen him. No man would receive him. But he clarified. Look at the Amplified Version, what it says in this scripture. Look at that. It says, Paul, an apostle, special messenger, appointed and commissioned and sent out, not from anybody of you, not from anybody, not from men, nor by or through any man. <laughs> He's making it clear that it's not that some man, it's not by man, not with man, not through man, not beyond man, not against man, not with man, not from man, not around man. <laughs> He said, but by, by, and through. <laughs> the man was not joking. He said, but by, and through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and God the Father, who raised him from among the dead. Amen. 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 Because men will not choose you. Men will not choose you. For your failure, men will not choose you. Hallelujah. The next one, number two, God calls unworthy people. God calls unworthy people. Many people do not respond to the call because they feel they are unworthy. Many people do not respond because they feel they are unworthy. Many people do not testify of Christ to others because they feel they are unworthy. They feel they are unworthy. They feel they are, it is a pastor's job. It is some special people's job. They feel they are unworthy. Moses said, who am I? 
Who am I? God, you must have mistaken me for someone else. He said, who am I? Amen. But God knows he has chosen the right person. God knows that he has not mistaken you for another person. He knows precisely who he has chosen. Amen. And it was also okay for Moses to feel like that. And it's also okay for you to feel like that. It is okay for you to feel unworthy. Because actually, that is what it is. We are unworthy. And it's by the grace of God that we have been chosen. We are, we, we are, we are unworthy. We are not chosen because of our righteousness. Amen. It is man who waits for you to clean up. Be clean. Do you understand? You say, oh, I used to drink alcohol. When was the last time you touched alcohol? They want to make sure that for the last 15 years you have not drunk before. Do you understand? They want you to be clean. They want you to be perfect before they will hire you. So they check your background. They check this. They want to make sure that what they are getting is a perfect thing. But that is man. And so sometimes we look at man, the choices of man. We look at how man chooses. And it makes us feel unworthy. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? It makes us feel unworthy. Hallelujah. But God is not waiting. God is not waiting for you to be perfect. God is not waiting for perfection, that you are a perfect person before he calls you. God is calling you just the way you are. Just the way you are. Hallelujah. Because the scripture in Isaiah 64 and verse 6, it says, but we are all as an unclean thing. We are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are as filthy rocks. Our righteousness. Even when you feel, when men have chosen you, when men have screened you, and they feel that you really qualify, they are as filthy rocks before God. And sometimes you may feel unworthy. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So, you see, this is, this is the amazing thing. This is amazing thing. You see, sometimes, you see, you, this is one of the things that people find amazing in Lighthouse. Do you see? That it seems the pastors have not gone through some formal school of theology, you know, and they have not done this, and they have not done that, and they have not done this, they have not done this. But by the grace of God, is using these people to do wonderful works. And by the grace of God, it's among one of the largest churches now. If not the one. Do you understand? One of the largest churches with one of the, one of the current largest evangelistic ministry. Worldwide. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you see, it is an amazing thing. And so sometimes, you know, I was talking to someone and then he said, you are a pastor? I said, oh, so you have gone through theology, you have done all of it. I said, yes. <laughs> Where's school? And I cast up Bibles. And even now, it's one of the best campuses. <laughs> so I'll show you my, my campus also. And my dean's office. That you can go and check my credentials. They are there. With my certificate and everything. Amen. Amen. 
It says, even your theology school and all the things that you have done, they are filthy rags before God. They are filthy rags before God. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So we walk in the righteousness of God. And so we may feel unworthy, but God finds you worthy. Hallelujah. God finds you worthy. Amen. God finds you worthy. And he does that for a reason. Hallelujah. Don't think of man's selections, man's check boxes, what you qualify for, what you are. That is not how God chooses. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26. It says, For ye see your calling, brethren. It says, You can see your calling. You can see amongst, even when you look around, you can see the callings. You can see the people who are doing the work, the people God has called. He said, You see the calling. You see your calling, brethren. How that not many wise men after the flesh. Not many wise men after the flesh. That means not many wise men according to man's assessment, according to flesh, man's assessment of wise men. You will not find such people among the core. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That you will not find many wise people according to human wisdom, human understanding of who is wise. And when we talk about wise, it depends on who is defining wise. Do you understand? It depends on who is defining wise. So he's saying that not many wise men after the flesh, when you look at the people who are called. Hello? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He says, not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty. After the flesh, according to man's assessment of mighty, you will not find many mighty men in the core. Among the people who are called, you will not find many mighty. As you define mighty, as you define wise, you will not find them. If you are going by your definition of wise and mighty, you will not find them. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You will not find many of such among the core. And he says, not many noble, not many noble are called. I'm talking about the core. We are talking about the characteristics of the people God calls. And he says that these men, they, you will not find them by man's standard. You see, when you tell people that, you know, you have worked for 24 hours and you are just taking a shower at the job for some shower and you are going to church, they don't think you are wise. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? They, don't, they, they, don't, they think you are very naive. That is why some of you, when you go to work and they ask you, well, oh, how was your weekend? You say, oh, it was nice. You don't even want to say, anything. oh, how was your weekend? Oh, it was nice. You know, I was with my children and, you know, we had a nice time. You don't even want to say that you spent all day in church. You don't want to say that, oh, after Friday, we came to pray all day and then when we finished, we went home to sleep a little bit and we woke up again and then we went for evangelism and then after that, we went for men's meeting and then we finished and then we came to church and all day Sunday, we were in church. You see, they think you are, you don't know what to do with your time. 
And so he says, not many wise men after the flesh. You will not find a lot of wise men by man's understanding and definition on the street evangelizing. And say, we are talking to, you know, people don't not think you are wise. That you are trying to talk to someone, strangers, and you are trying to talk to them. And they're snubbing you and you are still standing there like you are out of your mind. Sometimes they think you are begging them for money. Sometimes as you are, excuse me, and they are going in their wallets. You see, a dollar, that's, yeah, a quarter. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So you will not find many wise men amongst the core. You will not find many wise men, men's definition, going out for evangelism. So the people who feel we are, you know, we, we don't come for, we don't come for this. That is why you don't come. That is why you don't come. Because you want to be wise in man's definition of wise. So you won't come. Yes. You think these people, they don't have anything to do with their time. Every time, come, come, come. And sending a message, today, this group, today, they don't have anything to do with their time. You see, that is how you feel. And so you say that not many, and so you see the people who are always going, your definition for them is that they don't know why they came to this country. They don't know what they're about in life. They don't know what to do with their time. And anyone who does not know what to do with his time, it sounds like he's a foolish person to you. And so it's not surprising that God is saying, for you see your calling, brethren, you see the brethren who are working, you see amongst them who are working, that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. If you are noble in the eyes of men, you will not stand by a subway and be witnessing. Sarita, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You will not stand if you will not find noble people. Noble people. Noble. The next verse, 27. It says, But God had chosen the foolish things of the world. The foolish things of the world. The things that you consider foolish. The people that you look upon and you say they are foolish, they don't know what they are doing. Those are the ones that God has chosen. By man's definition and wisdom, that you know, church, 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 every day, church, 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 church. I, and then you, they're not telling you, but what they are telling you is that you. <laughs> it says, but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God had chosen the weak things of the world. To confound the things which are mighty. God intentionally chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And the weak things. The people that you don't think they are weak and, I mean, strong and mighty. God chooses them to confound the wise. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? God intentionally. He says, he says, but God had chosen. God had chosen. You are among the chosen. Man may not find you as wise, but God intentionally has chosen you to confound what people, what men define as wise. To confound them. Sometimes you are very tired and 
you are you have come and some people they are standing but they are sleeping hey wow some sleepiness you see them standing you know if you see a person standing and they are sleeping that's a very heavy type of sleep and so you see when people look at you they will say, ah, but look at your eyes. Look at you. Even your body is telling you to sleep. Can't you see? Your body is telling you to sleep. So it means that they are telling you that you can't even discern. You are not wise. Even your body is telling you to sleep. You can't sleep. You won't sleep. So he said, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things, base things, low class things, base things of the world. And the things which are despised. Things which are despised. What men will not choose. The things that men will not choose by by your resume. By your experiences. By what you have done in the past. You are despised. He says, and the things which are despised had God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to not things that are. And why? Why does God, why does God do this? Why? Why? The next verse, he says, that, that no flesh should glory in his presence. That no flesh should glory in his presence. Hallelujah. That is the reason. That is the reason. That is why I, I always say, I would never in my wildest dream would have found myself as a pastor to choose that I, 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 I'm a pastor. So that I cannot stand here and say, I am glorying, I am, this is me. I know that it is not me. I know that it is not me. Do you understand? I know that in my wildest dream, this is not what, when you met me, did you find some pastoral something something in me <laughs> that one day your husband was going to be a pastor did you say yes or <laughs> perhaps maybe she saw something in me that I didn't see myself do you understand what I'm sharing with you God does this so that no man no man will glory in his presence in his presence when he, is, when he is with Moses, when he's with your mouth, and you preach, and then people are saying, wow, I was so blessed. You say, glory be to God, that you don't glory in his presence. That he was with you, and you ministered, and you think it was you. That he does that so that no man will glory in his presence. No man will glory in his presence. Hallelujah. That is why sometimes, even as a great man of God, when you begin to lift yourself up and you begin to lift yourself up, God brings you down. Quickly, you'll be down. You'll be down. That no man glories in his presence. Hallelujah. So I want you to understand that it is not that God is going about choosing foolish people and unwise people and low-class people and that is not the type that God is going about choosing. But that is man's definition of foolish people, base people, 
not mighty people, but in the definition, the heavenly definition, he says that these are the people who are wise. These are the people who are mighty. These are the people who are high. These are the people who are noble. But God has chosen these people so that it confines man's wisdom. Man's wisdom. Man's wisdom. Amen. Man's wisdom. So when you hear of a medical doctor who has left his career and is a pastor now, you will think that something is wrong with him. Do you understand? That is what you will think. Yeah. But God does that to confound the wise. And to, we see also great things that God will use you to do. The next one, God calls people who have been rejected. God calls people who have been rejected. You see, look at the scripture that we read in 1 Corinthians. If you, you know, you say you look among the call, you look among the call, and then you saw from verse 26, you saw foolish people. Look at that. You saw foolish people. You say um, that not, not wise people, not weak, weak people, weak people. Weak people and base people, not noble people. And if that is a group that God has called, and you come to see a camp of call, people who are called, you think they are all whims. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You would think that this is a group of Amen. Riffraffs. Now, people who are, that is what man's definition. Do you understand? So, they, you think they are all rejects. The ones that high society will not choose. High class of people will not work with them. They can, these are the kind of people. Do you understand? That is why sometimes people encourage their children who are not successful in life to go to ministry. Oh, yes. They are not successful. You couldn't go to medical school. You couldn't go to law school. You can't be an accountant. You, even you can't do a mechanic. You can't be a this and this. Then maybe try being a <laughs> man's wisdom. Man's wisdom. Hallelujah. So it looks as when you come to church, you find a group of rejects. People who are rejected. But God calls people who have been rejected. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 2 and verse 11. It says, And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out unto his brethren and looked on their bedding, and he spied an Egyptian smiting an Hebrew, one of his brethren. Verse 12. And he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Do you understand? This is Moses. Verse 13. And when he went out the second day, so you see, the first one, he tried, it worked. You know, he came out. You know, Moses was grown. He's, he, he, he grew up in the palace. 
And so he thinks he has learned some leadership skills and he finds his people not being led by anyone. So he thinks, I can lead these people. Let me try my skills. And he feels that, at least amongst you, I am somehow a stepson, Pharaoh's stepson. And so I'm a prince, you know, halfway prince or something like that. And so they will accept him. So he went and then he saw two Hebrew men fighting and then he sorted them out the way he understands. Do you understand? He sorted them out the way he understands. And he went out the second day. So he says, oh, it worked. So he went out the second day. And behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together. And he said to him, that did wrong. Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. Surely this thing is known. So he was afraid. He said, surely this thing is known. And that silenced Moses. That put him in exile. That made him take off, run away from this. Because he felt rejected. Hallelujah. You see, whenever you, you come to find out that certain or some seriously deep secret of yours in your past, some deep secret that you have buried long time, you are buried. When you come to find out that people know about it, it puts you on a path of rejection. Just that you know that people know about this secret. It silences you. Someone who is out and going and lively and doing things, the moment you learn that hey, people know about this secret, it, it makes you shrink. Do you understand? It makes you quiet. You think no one knew about this. And then you find out that, hey, that thing, people know. He says, surely, it is known. Surely, this thing is known. So, sometimes it will make you even stay away from people. And this is how it affected Moses. He felt that the stepson of Pharaoh, a prince, I will be accepted as at least above them and I can separate them or I can solve their issues. But it just sent him on an exile. Amen. This encounter with the Hebrew man, just imagine if he encountered this Hebrew man, the first one, he separated them, and right afterwards, just imagine that right after he had done this, or even the second time, if he was not rejected and he was able to solve the issue the same way, like how he solved matters, if he did, and right after that, he was walking around the place, checking the people out, and God appeared to him in a burning bush. If that happened at that time, imagine what Moses would have done. You know, immediately he would have, oh, oh, the leadership skills may I have, you know. Oh, these things, they are small things to me. I can solve their matters. You are sending me to Pharaoh, no problem. You see, that is how he would have felt. You see, there are some people 
That is why God will not use certain people. There are some people, they feel that they, they qualify. They feel that they, 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 they are able to do this so they can do this. You see, the work of God is not like that. It's not like that. They feel that, oh, at my job, you know, there are about 50 people that work under me. No problem. Is somebody understand what I'm sharing with you? They feel that, oh, I was, I was, I was a school prefect. I was a class, I mean, in my class, I was a, what we, call, what we used to call it, class captain. I was a class captain, class prefect, and then I became the school prefect, and I was this prefect, I was the head boy, I was this, I was this, as I received president. And so, you see, you feel that you have the leadership skills you have. And so God allowed this failure, this rejection to come into Moses' life. And it was in this mode of rejection that God met him. So that he felt in himself a reject that no one will receive him. That no one will accept him. You see, because with that humility, with that humility. Amen. Amen. And God, the Bible says God does such things, such things. He does that so that no man will glory in his presence. Intentionally, that no man will glory in his presence. Hallelujah. It is a common thing to feel rejected in the ministry. It is a common thing to feel rejected. Jesus was rejected by the people. When he came, he was rejected. Before he was accepted again as the Messiah. He was rejected. Amen. Amen. Moses was rejected. Hallelujah. Moses was also rejected initially by the people of Israel. They rejected him before they accepted him again. That you feel that. You experience that rejection. And it does not mean that because God has, I mean, people have rejected you, God has not called you. I personally, I was rejected in this ministry before. Amen. There was someone that came to me and says, I cannot receive from you anymore. He sat me down. He came to sit with me and says, you know, I don't feel like I can receive from you anymore. Do you understand? And then you feel rejected. Do you understand? It's a difficult thing, but it is part of the ministry. It is part of the ministry. Hallelujah. That you'll be rejected. Amen. Another group, they came and they said, we know we can't be here anymore. So you, it, it is, it is it, Jesus says, if he experienced it, you will experience it too. Amen. I was rejected. He says, I can no longer receive from you. Amen. And so it is not unusual. It is not easy to be rejected or feel unacceptable by people. But remember that the one who called you the Bible says, faithful is he who calleth you, who will also do what? Do it. Faithful is he who calleth you. So men will reject you. People will reject you. But faithful is he who calleth you. Faithful is he who has chosen you to sing. People may not clap for you. People may not appraise you. People may not say thank you. Even pastors may not say thank you. People may not pat you at the back. People may not welcome you. People may not lift you up. People may not be happy. But the one who has called you, he's faithful. The one who has called you, he's faithful. Faithful is he that called you. 
God will also do it. Our time is up. Let us pause here and then we will continue next time we meet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh, yes. There are things in your life that makes you unqualified, makes you feel like God cannot use you. There are things that you have done that even the enemy, after you have become born again, the enemy brings them to your mind and reminds you and says this and that experience, this thing that you have done and this thing that you did, do you not remember? How can you stand before the people of God? How can you rise up to talk to someone about Jesus Christ? But faithful is he that calleth. Faithful is he who has called you. The one who has chosen you is faithful. And he is conscious. He knows. He knows your frailty. He knows your frame. He is conscious of your weaknesses. He knows. And he says, certainly I will be with you. He says, certainly I will be with you. You don't qualify. You don't feel like you qualify. You are not a type that men will choose. Even pastors will not choose you. Ministers will not choose you. But the one who called he has chosen you. The one who called he has selected you. He has included you. I will let We are grateful and thankful. Leave me, Lord, and I will. Lord, you have called me. Yes. Do not exclude yourself. Do not exclude yourself. Don't cancel that calling. He has called you also. Yes, you are included. Even regardless of your failures, He has called you. He has chosen you. He has selected you. He has included you. He says, Not many wise men after the flesh, not many noble, not many mighty. Not many. You will not find many wise men. You will not find many noble men. Not many noble women. Yes. Men will not choose you. Because you are not noble in their eyes. You are the kind that God will choose. You are the type that God will choose. Yes. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. You have included us also. Oh Jesus. Oh. He has included you also. Just the way you are. Just the way you are. Of all the things you have done. Of all the experiences. How you feel unworthy. How no man chose you. You were never selected. You were never counted. But the one who called is faithful. He said he will be with you. Lead me, oh, yes. Lord, and I will sing. Lead me, Lord, and I, I will go. That is all he wants to hear. That I will go. That is all he wants to hear. For you to say, I will go. 
for the grace Lord you do not wait you do not wait for our perfection it is man who waits for us to be perfect to say that I am clean I am perfect in this skill I have had this five years of experience I have done this for two years I have done this for ten years I am perfect I know how to do this I know how to do that I know how to handle this it is man who waits for that before you are chosen but you do not wait for our perfection even when we feel we have perfected ourselves you say our righteousness they are filthy rocks they are not just rocks but they are filthy rocks before you Father we thank you that you have included us we who no man will choose for we are not noble we are not wise in the eyes of men we are not mighty in the eyes of men we are not high. We are so basal. We are so basal in the eyes of man. But you say, even us, you have chosen. We give you glory and we give you honor. We thank you, Lord, that just as we are, you have chosen us. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Tonight, if there's anyone here, you are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus and you want to give your life to Christ you want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life you are here you are saying pastor pray with me I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life I want to be born again I want to give my life to Christ if that is you just lift up your right hand wherever you are and I'll pray with you is there anyone here like that you want to give your life to Jesus you want to give your life to you want to welcome Jesus Christ into your life wherever you are just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you anyone here like that father we are thankful and grateful for the gift of salvation we thank you Lord for your love and kindness we thank you Lord that you have included us in this great kingdom father unqualified just as we are unprepared you have included us we thank you we give you glory and we give you honor in jesus name amen, amen. why don't you clap for jesus as you take your seats we hope you have been blessed immensely by this message 
Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.